Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Master Level Marriage Podcast, where we discuss all things marriage and where you can discover the tools that you need to have a strong and healthy relationship. Our host, author, and marriage coach, Dr. Ronnie Gaines, will unpack many facets of a marital relationship as he dives into the dynamics of a marriage. In each episode, you will learn what it takes to succeed in your relationship and win in your marriage. Whether you are in the planning stages or have been married for several years, our desire is to help you grow and enrich your life as a couple and become a success story. Subscribe or follow us and be notified of each episode. Please leave us a review and help us help other couples. For more information, visit www.masterlevelmarriage.com. Thanks for checking us out. Now here's your host, Dr. Ronnie Gaines. Welcome to the Master Level Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Ronnie Gaines, and I'm so glad that you're here with me on this show today. You know, thank you uh, for all the downloads and also watching us on our YouTube channel. We're so grateful for you. And I would love for you to uh, leave a comment. Uh, You can click below on this particular platform and you can leave a comment, leave a suggestion of something that you might want to hear on the, on another show. And maybe we'll pull up your suggestion and we'll make a show out of it. But thank you uh, for being here with me today. And each week we put out an episode in hopes that it will somehow bring health to your relationship. The, the whole idea of the Master Level Marriage Podcast is to help you enrich your relationship bring about health, and in some way have a better marriage and really have a better life. We want to have a good marriage. We don't want to be in conflict all the time and not have a great relationship. And I hope that something I say or something in these episodes will help you have a better marriage and help you bring health to your relationship. Today I'm going to talk about probably one of my favorite subjects, not just for marriage, but just for everything in life. And when I walk into a classroom where I teach at a university, the students, brand new students, look at me anticipating this topic. They know that the first day of class, they're going to hear all about this particular topic. They've heard it from the other students. The other students warned them. They knew that whenever I show up and walk in the door, I'm going to talk about this very thing. This is on my heart. I I make sure that I take care of it in my own life. And I believe that when you take care of this particular aspect in your life, it will change everything in your job, your marriage, your health, and your life. And that is sleep. Sleep is one of the high-level topics in my household. In fact, I think my wife sometimes gets tired of hearing me talk about sleep. I don't consider myself a sleep expert, but I do consider myself a sleep evangelist. I talk about sleep all the time. I think it's one of the greatest things. I can't wait until the nighttime comes along and it's time to go to sleep. I love to sleep. I've been learning over the years of 
how it helps in so many ways in your life. It matters that you get good sleep. Now, there's many ways to do that. Maybe you've heard some stories. Maybe you've heard some of the things that helps you get good sleep at night. But in this episode, I'm going to take you through a little journey of learning some things about how to get good sleep. I've come to know that the number one answer that I receive from anyone, if I run some data out there on everyone that I come into contact with them and and I ask them this question, how are you doing? The number one highest rated answer is this, I'm tired. I've come to the conclusion that America is tired. And it's not just conversation. It's just not small talk. They're truly tired. We live in a culture where people are tired. They're not getting good sleep, staying up late, getting up early, going to their jobs. They're tired. They're exhausted. How do we fix that? Well, I'm going to teach you some ways in this episode that I believe will change your life and help you get better sleep, where when someone comes to you and asks the question, how are you doing? Your answer is not, I'm tired, but your answer is, I'm energized and I feel good. Now, we have to understand something about sleep. We, I want you to look at it this way. What is the number one thing in your life that sustains you? That if you didn't have that right now, you would not be alive. And I think that most of us could say this. Oxygen is number one. And if, you, if that was your answer, you're 100% correct. That oxygen is the number one thing in your life that you must have, because if you don't have oxygen in about three to five minutes, you're probably not going to live. There's some that have gone longer, causes brain damage, but ultimately you will lose your life without oxygen. The second thing, if we want to look at the second thing, you might say, well, if oxygen's number one and it's three to five minutes, maybe a little bit longer if you're lucky, then the second thing would probably be water. They tell us that you got to have water. If you don't have water within three, four, five days, you can't make it. You're going to die. So water is going to be the second one. But I, I ask the question, what's the third thing that you need in your life to sustain you that if you didn't have it, you would die? Most people would say food. And if you look around, most people can last a few days without food. Most uh, studies will show that you need food within 21 days. Some have gone longer. There's people who have gone on a fast that's fasted longer than 21 days. Very unusual. But food, you can go 21, maybe some more, some change, and you're going to be you're going to live. Some of us could go for a while without food and we'd be okay. 20, 21 days. We'll say 21 days. 21 days for food, three days for water, 
four to five minutes without air. But listen to this. If you go nine days without sleep, it puts your body in a state where it is basically dying. you got to have sleep. You need sleep before you need food. Your body starts shutting down. There have been people who have gone more than 11 days or so, and they're walking around as zombies. They can't think. They can't function properly. They're dying. So you must have sleep. Studies have shown that most individuals need an average of seven to nine hours of sleep. You say, well, I've heard that the average is eight. Well, let me give you a little bit of rundown. The average person has a 90-minute sleep cycle. And they do. They have 90-minute sleep cycles, and there's five sleep cycles per night. Well, that's an average of seven Point five hours of sleep. Studies have shown that people who have less than seven hours of sleep, their bodies are not functioning properly. They live, uh, a, they live for a, a shorter amount of time. Uh, their bodies, their, their systems, uh, their system doesn't function properly. Their hormones are out of whack. The average person needs seven to nine hours of sleep. You may say, well, good luck. I can't get that many hours. Well, here's what I've learned. Sometimes we say we should get nine hours. We should get seven hours. I wish I got seven hours. I wish I got eight hours. And it's just a should or a maybe or a wish. But if we knew... If you knew right now that if you did not get seven to nine hours of average sleep per night and it was going to shorten your lifespan 10 years, what would you do? What if someone said you need to get an average of seven to nine hours of sleep per night or you are going to come down with a disease and it could lead to death? It could lead to some kind of illness that would put you down for a, for a long period of time, what would you do? Well, I know what most people would do. That sleep would become a must, and they would you would find a way to sleep seven to nine hours per night. Now, there are some that's sleeping seven to nine hours per night, and the next day they feel like they haven't gotten any sleep. There's a lot of factors that lead into that. I've been studying this for several years now. I've read the books. I've done the studies on myself. The, the best ways to get sleep, get to sleep early and sleep well throughout the night. These work, and I promise you, it will be to a benefit to you. You say, well, why are you doing this on a marriage podcast? Here's why I do this on a marriage podcast. Because I believe that many of our arguments, many of our conflict, many of the things that we struggle with in our marriage has has little to do with just not getting along. It, but it has everything to do. It's because we're stressed, we're tired, we're spent. And we just need some sleep. Because I've found and I've studied that 
when you don't get good sleep, you don't reason well, you can't think clearly, we have trouble arguing and communicating effectively because we're just tired. What if you were healthy in your sleep and you could think clearly, you could communicate clearly, and you could argue and you could be in conflict in a, in a completely different realm where your conflict was effective to the point where you were able to solve the problem, solve the issues. But if you're tired, your spouse is tired, you can't solve the issues and they stack and they stack. As I've talked in other episodes about conflict stacking, you're just tired. Well, here's a here's the start of this whole process. I can't do it all in one episode. We'll talk about it more in other episodes. But here are three things that I'm going to give you that will change your sleep at night. The first thing is you got to make sure that when you step out for the first time at mornings and you put your feet on the floor, this is where we have to understand the sleep schedule begins. Your sleep schedule does not begin right before you go to bed. Your sleep schedule begins when your feet hit the floor in the morning. Many people think I've got to get I've got my feet have got to hit that floor and the first thing I need is coffee. I've got to wake myself up. Can I tell you this? Do the research. Coffee does not wake you up. I know that you've been told that and you've thought that for many, many years. But coffee will not wake you up. Coffee keeps you from getting sleepy. The first thing that you need to do when you roll out of bed and put those feet on the floor is you need to turn on every light that you can in the house If you can't turn on the lights and it's light outside, go outside. Get the sunlight. Light will wake you up, causes cortisol levels to rise. Cortisol levels rising and pushing melatonin back down to where it needs to be in its level will wake you up. Cortisol is so much stronger than caffeine that you don't need caffeine on top of cortisol. Caffeine on top of cortisol, high levels of cortisol will cause you to get jittery. Just let the cortisol do its work. And once you wake up, this, the first thing is get that sunlight. Or if you don't, if you get up before daylight, get the lights on and get that light coming down on top of you. And I promise you, it will set your rhythm, your circadian rhythm for the day. That's the first thing you need to do to set that rhythm. The second thing is to, you need to drink at least a 16 ounce to 20 ounces of water. First thing, we wake up dehydrated. And when you wake up dehydrated, sometimes we wonder, why do I, why, why have I, why do I get a headache uh, in mornings? Why? I need my coffee. I need my coffee. I'm, if I don't, I'm going to have a headache. Many times it's because we're dehydrated. And getting your body back into alignment the way it needs to be. 
through sunlight, through some kind of light, getting those cortisol levels up, waking up and getting that, getting hydrated will set a rhythm for the day. And then there's things we can do throughout the day, like limiting the coffee, uh, limiting coffee no later than two o'clock because caffeine or, you know, it's not just coffee, but caffeine, caffeine has a half-life meaning that when you drink 100 milligrams of coffee, it takes six to eight hours to knock that down or to digest it to the point where you have 50 milligrams of coffee in your system. And then it takes another six to eight hours just to digest it down to 25. So if you have caffeine in your system, caffeine is a melatonin inhibitor. And if you've got too much caffeine in your system, it will drive melatonin down, keep it Keep it suppressed in the evenings when caffeine or when melatonin is supposed to be rising. Caffeine inhibits it, keeps melatonin down. You want melatonin rising in the evening and cortisol levels going down. And in that process, melatonin comes up the way it should, and melatonin does not put you to sleep, but melatonin keeps you asleep. So that way, when you get tired, you go to bed, your melatonin's at the right levels, and your nighttime sleep is protected by your melatonin as it keeps you asleep, comes up at the right time, starts falling around midnight as cortisol levels begin to rise, then early mornings when it's time for you to get up, the melatonin is down and cortisol's up. The problem in many circumstances is people, uh, we, uh, we have a tendency to use caffeine or whatever it is that our cortisol levels are high. We keep melatonin suppressed. Melatonin is suppressed until about 10, 11, 12 o'clock, and then it starts rising. It should have already be headed down, but it's rising. And when it's rising and not going down at midnight, then we wake up in the morning, melatonin is too high. Cortisol is not high enough, and we feel drowsy. It's hard and difficult to get awake. The third and final thing I want to give you in this episode, there's so many, so many. Turn off that blue light two hours before it's bedtime. If you can't, get some blue blockers, something that will block that blue light. Blue light inhibits melatonin, that TV that phone, that computer, whatever it may be, driving melatonin down. It's time at two, two hours before bedtime, it's time to shut all that off or get some kind of glasses to put those on, those, those blue blockers. I use them at night. If I'm watching TV before I go to bed, I put blue blockers on to keep that blue light down where my melatonin comes up. Our body has plenty of melatonin to keep us asleep through the night. We need to use it to our advantage. So early at the morning, drink your water. Get your light. In the afternoon, limit the coffee. In the evening, shut down the blue light. I promise you this. Just those things will change your sleep. And when you go to sleep, you'll stay asleep. And if you wake up, it's just because you're finishing a cycle, you can turn over and you can go right back to sleep. You need seven to nine hours of sleep per night. 
Some of you can be on the lower end. Some of us need the higher end. I require about eight to nine hours of sleep. I usually get it. If I don't, I can feel it the next day. But I always start my day, go through the day, and finish my day where I can have a good night's sleep. Think about it. What if it's your sleep that's causing some of your marriage problems? You can fix it today. Start this process, do these particular things, and you will have a good night of sleep. And you can reason better, you can argue better, you can communicate better, and you'll have a better marriage. So remember, get good sleep. We'll be talking about this some more through another episode because I want to give you more about sleep habits that will change your life. Thank you again for being a part of this episode today. I thank you and I I am so appreciative of you. I'm grateful that you are downloading these episodes and listening to the podcast. Leave me a comment. Let's interact together and we will together have a healthy marriage. I always want to leave you with this. Be your best self. Live out your full potential and experience your best marriage. I'll see you on the next episode.